1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dom Booth. Hello. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And it's a uh, pleasant atmosphere in the studio today because United actually won at the weekend. It's quite pessimistic last time out. Uh, Dom, you did predict a win against Leicester. I did as well. Samuel, you weren't feeling so... No, I didn't. You, no. you took Charlotte's role as negative Nancy here. But yeah, the win against <laughs> Leicester, um, United still played better against maybe the teams to come out and attack them and when they're underdogs, when they've got players missing. But uh, what did you make of the performance at, at Old Trafford on Saturday?
2: It was peculiar in the... Well, not peculiar, because I think we saw it before, certainly towards the end of last season when the wins against Watford and West Ham in that they tend to treat home games like away games sometimes. And it probably wasn't justified in those games um, at the back end of, of last season. But given that Pogba was injured Marshall was injured, you're kind of inclined to think, okay, you look as soon as the team sheet dropped, unless you're a particularly partisan or biased United fan, you would you'd say that Leicester probably had the better team. So sometimes you've just got to take a, a step back from it, be be quite humble. But I thought Solskjaer, in terms of his use of the midfield, it, it paid off from from start to finish, not, not in just that I mean, starting Matic and McTominay is not a crowd-pleasing selection, but you had Matic holding the fort, McTominay got about Leicester, set the tempo, was aggressive, did very well, and then when Leicester were getting too much possession he brought fred in and fred had a really good impact at that point But Tommy took a back seat and fred was the one who was playing the forward passes collaborating with chong chong again i think did did pretty well i think he's he certainly got um uh, he's he's a big asset at the moment as an impact sub Uh, I think we saw that a little bit at Huddersfield back in May, but he's matured a fair bit. He's playing on the left wing now. And in fairness for all the pessimism, Leicester had that one really good chance that Madison probably should have scored in the fourth minute. I think it was other than that, they didn't really create a lot of opportunities. I think, that that's Rogers has probably got to look at himself there. I did think he overcompensates a bit by playing Chowdhury and and Didi. I think he could have had not necessarily Perez, but maybe Old Brighton to come in there, and or, or Harvey Barnes, who's been playing pretty well this year, and really have more of a go at United. But they were quite tepid and a bit tentative as well, which it was. was completely opposite to how you saw Leicester against Chelsea last month in the second half. So United, it, I mean, it was, it was a win that was underpinned by the defence. The whole back five played really well. Um, I know McTominay got the man the match award. I think that was, I mean, he's, he's become a bit of a fan favourite at the moment. So I think that was endemic of that. But again, I think Lindelof, he, he regained form. He needed to. Maguire was pretty good. Uh, Ashley Young, I know he gets an absolute kicking from a section of the support, but... He, that's an argument that he still defends more reliably than Luke Shaw. So it was a defen- it was it was a defensive win in, in many respects, but they just needed to win, give the form.
1: Yeah, Dom, I guess that's one of those the fact that they had all the injuries and the fact that they had to play on the counter, do you think it was a performance which was it showed the I guess the positives of United, or was it a game that Leicester failed to take advantage of?
0: Um, I don't think it was a performance that um, Solskjaer will want to sort of repeat as a blueprint for how he wants to play this season. Like you say, it was a lot of Leicester shortcomings contributing to United's success. Uh, as Samuel says, though, that the defence was, was excellent. Um, you know, Maguire and Lindelof... I put out a tweet when uh, Maguire signed which got a lot of reaction from Liverpool fans saying that I thought Maguire and Lindelof could and the emphasis was on the word could grow into um, one of the Premier League's best partnerships at the back um, and I think we're starting to see why that um, why that could be the case although it's probably early days because Lindelof's had a couple of <laughs> dodgy games um, but yeah I think United should be should be sort of pleased with themselves for showing a bit of resolve really Um and Solskjaer was absolutely right to to mitigate it with by saying, you know, we can play a lot better and uh, they will hope to do so because barring the Chelsea game and even for the first half of that, they didn't play that well either. They haven't strung together a really coherent 90-minute display this season.
1: Yeah, I guess as well, I mean, you know, whether you like it or not, they have the best defence in the Premier League this season. Do you think that... They've, they've conceded a the few, the few goals. goals? goals. Well, and two of those were mistakes, which you can't really... Which, if you eradicate those, it gets even better. That season when they finished second to City, they had a fantastic foundation at the back, keeping all those clean sheets. Uh, and I guess with Arsenal and Chelsea so inept at the back, that it really could be sort of United's passage into the top four finishes how how well they do defend the season.
2: Yeah, uh, when you saw Tottenham squad the weekend, said a few players back from injury. It is is so easily the third best squad in the Premier League that if they play well, they should just automatically. Finish in the top three. I know they've been. Some people have brass them as, as one of the vulnerable teams there, but that's that's probably because of the the friction that's been going on between Pochettino and Levy. It seems like they've they've come out from that now. Um, so they really should finish in the top three. As I said, Arsenal are Arsenal. That that weekend performance, the manner in which they gave away the goals. It's not a surprise. Um, it was, in fact, it was maybe a surprise that Watford didn't even end up winning the game. That's that's just what you get with Arsenal, um, the, with the defensive frailties. It, it, it just gives United more more encouragement. Chelsea, I think what you what you see is what you get. They are very young, uh, sometimes naive side. They will score a fair few goals. They'll concede a fair few goals. So if United just grind it out like they did it at the weekend, which isn't advisable because Solskjaer's all about playing out from the back or he wants to play out from the back and, um, you know, get, have a more controlled style going on. But they could, if, if they wanted to play in a very disciplined manner, they could probably easily grind out however many wins they need to finish in the top four. Obviously, he doesn't want to do it that way, but that is an option to consider somewhere down the line if if things are going alright and, and his own approach isn't working
1: Yeah I guess Dom further on the uh, the defensive sort of uh, transformation United it has been lots of praise for Lindelof and Maguire but what have you made of the fullbacks? backs Samuel said that Young probably still is the best left back defensively and wan has made a difference I know there's still question marks maybe of how he attacks and what he offers going forward but what matters is keeping the clean sheet at the moment as long as you keep the clean sheet they won't be dropping as many points as as they had been so
0: yeah it'll be interesting um, to see if uh, Diogo Dallo plays if he's fit enough to come back from injury uh, in the Europa League game against Astana which I'm sure we'll get onto uh, later on in the show because I think Dallo. Um, I'd like to see Dallow and Wambasaka play in the same team because there are question marks over Wambersack's ability going forward. There are absolutely no question marks about him defensively. I think he's been he's been brilliant. He's probably my player of the season so far. I know it's early days, um, but Dallow maybe playing in a right wing role has to become an option. I think at some stage. Um, and defensively, I can't really fault Young to be honest. Um, Although and there was that clip, yeah, Palace tweeted of him getting, but he, he actually defended and that. He actually got the ball away, and I think even Andrew and Townsend, to yeah, he, yeah. He, he wasn't happy with it. So um, although I, I must say, let
1: let let accounts take take a <laughs> mick out of players. I am not I'm not part of the you can't do that to Ash Dung He's a seasoned pro because it was I don't like the Harry actually, Kane thing when the FA tweeted that. What's that in your
2: back pocket? Chris, Chris Morling saying yes, okay. Harry Kane
1: yeah. <laughs> like how, like If you've won the game I think you get a fair ribbing of your opponent. There,
2: there seemed to be particular uproar about that because he was a white Englishman who played as the number nine for the country yeah. as well, it was, it was, it was actually quite dartling. awkward
0: yeah. the the reaction to it but but, uh, I think that's, that's by far the, the least uh, evil thing that goes on on Twitter these days, that oh kind yeah. of a, a ban- exactly. banter to use a
1: better word so ridiculous, The fact that there's so much made up of, you can't,
0: an official club account as if there's some sort of hierarchy. No, but I guess there are quite a lot of sensitive people on social media as well. We see that with, uh, if, if if you criticise certain United players over others, then certain players seem to be immune to criticism, whereas players like Ashley Young seem to, to get it in the neck all the time, slightly unfairly, a lot of the time. So that's just, that's how it is, I guess. It's the world we live in, isn't it? Samuel, Samuel's uh, got, you, you, got strong you, views you, on this <laughs> as well, I believe. In what sense? Just in that certain players and United players get criticised a lot on social media, and seem to be able to do no wrong oh yeah
2: that, the, uh, I mean we've we can look at the um, the analytics and that there are certain players if they're not playing and they're not British they're popular people want to know why they're not playing people think they should be playing there are certain players because of their background because of the um, just the demographic who particularly like them that unfortunately you feel the need to actually cater for and like, mind the criticism, or you have to conceal criticism, um, so people will, will want to read about it. But that's just the, the peculiar nature of, of the way the internet works. The great, perfect, like, the, the, the great Twitter storm of all time in terms of football was Ramos and Salah in the Champions League final because it, it, it just ticked every box in terms of pantomime villain, Muslim footballer, African footballer, Liverpool player, Real Madrid player, Champions League final, and of course. It's it's Ramos apparently deliberately injuring a guy, and and everyone just lost objectivity over it because he didn't deliberately injure him. It's incredible to even suggest that he tried to dislocate how his shoulder. Say,
1: yeah. I, know, I know we're really far behind on this as a trend, but I don't understand. I still don't know how he could purposely make that happen. It's such a freak accident, of such a freak injury that
0: it, it was. It was a. Ramos it was a is your red your classic red card merchant yeah. as well. Yeah, so. it's,
2: it's like the ultimate pantomime villain has. People, I mean, the thing thing about Salah. Anyway, we're getting off on a massive tangential note here, but th- there's a thing about Sam, Salah that's like, I think there's a faux humility there. Like people, he he pretends to be this very humble character, but you've seen it creep out that if someone says, um, you know, he's not playing well, he's not well. I've got more goals than Aguero and all this, and people think he's just this ultra humble guy, and he isn't. Clearly, isn't. To, it's, be,
1: to be a good player, you've got exactly, to
2: be exactly. And there's no point concealing it. They've, like Messi tries it, but I think people have caught so, on yeah. that there, there's a massive ego there, and there has to be. Um, so but, but going back to it, yeah it was it was a very amusing night given um, what happened kind
1: of <laughs> but yeah uh, we also spoke about I mean spoke about popular players Fred did come on and he played really well it's maybe refreshing to you I know you've been banging the drum for Fred for a while Don but he did actually justify the praise after the game I know sometimes mm. we have to maybe be a bit generous and say he did maybe it was encouraging he did well but this time he really did make an impact
0: yeah um he's just the kind of midfielder United have been crying out for. And it is early days. We have to say that with Fred, but I just feel there's a, there's some games coming up now where Fred can really start to establish himself and, and give Solskjaer a bit of a problem really. Cause when Pogba comes back, um, obviously he goes straight back into the midfield, but if Fred performs well in the Europa League, I think he'll start against, um, Astana. um, and then Pogba's back from injury. McTominay's been playing well. Um, like we've been saying, does Solskjaer then revert back to a three man midfield and go four, three, three, because the four, two, three, one, I think has got serious flaws, um, especially against teams who maybe counter and make the most of that slightly threadbare midfield. that United have got protecting the back four. So I'd like to see more, more the same from Fred. I'm not going to get too excited, even though I've been banging the drum for him. Um, But the blend... It just seems something would be really right about the blend between Fred, Pogba, McTominay. That's a balanced midfield. I don't think United have had a balanced midfield so far this season.
2: I I agree. I think also you've got Arsenal and Liverpool coming up within the next five weeks. Those are games, certainly the Liverpool one, is where you need a three-man midfield, probably. And McTominay, Pogba and Fred does have a decent balance about it in that you've got... um, Solskjaer said at the weekend... McTominay is now a sitting midfielder. Fred's left-footed. Pogba's right-footed. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of quality there, and and also the thing that was striking about Fred at the weekend is that when he's got that safety net of actually playing alongside someone or someone holding the fort, he can he can be a bit more controlling like he can pick a pass I think a third of his of his passes were forward but given that United were 1-0 up and the emphasis was largely on defending I don't think he was going to be particularly gung-ho but it was also his pressing Um, I think when he dispossessed Pereira it might have been been a foul but That really energised United and they needed that at that time because when you've got Matic there, you're not going to get that. You're likely to be a bit more standoffish and withdrawn when you're holding on to to a 1-0 lead. And actually having Fred on there, again, a bit like McTominay did in the first half, getting about Leicester, it put them on the front foot. And it, it certainly disrupted Leicester's rhythm and, and that sterile domination, if you'd like, that they had.
1: Yeah, Dom, I guess while we're on midfield as well, uh, I know we've mentioned McTominay already, but considering Pogba was missing, how impressed were you with uh, McTominay? I know Solskjaer said he is showing the leadership qualities required at, at United, but what have you made of well, the entire midfield
0: performance without Pogba there? Because And without Herrera, because like, you know, based on last season's midfield... You've got these two... F- when they first started. Yeah, your two, your two best midfielders aren't playing and United have uh, have to find a way uh, to cope with Herrera's absence now that they haven't signed anyone. They really should have signed someone. Um, but I think United didn't quite know what they bought when they first got Fred, I don't think. I That's think
1: because the if they had bought someone in the summer, Fred would be in down and
0: pecking order now. Yeah, they? exactly. He was a £52 million pound player. So, but did they think he was a holding midfielder? I'd suggest not. He gives the ball away maybe a bit too much for that. Um, Can he play further up as a sort of de facto playmaker number 10? Probably not. He's probably somewhere between the two of those things. And now that McTominay, like Samuel says, has has reverted to a a holding role, which I think suits him more, uh, rather than him being asked to maybe do too much in terms of creativity. I think that's a a better blend I'd still go after a really top-class midfielder as soon as possible, um, having said all that. It's probably one of those things where at the start of last season,
2: we all thought the f- the main midfield three would be Pogba, Herrera and Fred. I don't know of what, what the statistics are, but I can imagine those three played. The Wolves going to be played? Well, how many times did they mm-hmm. actually line up as a three? Yeah, you could be. probably count in one hand. Because yeah. um, Herrera was, was injured at the start of the season and obviously Fred didn't didn't start particularly well and everything went on and I think there was a spell under Solskjaer where he didn't play for 50 odd days so he's he's getting there I do think that they even with what is a pretty you know it's a a pretty threadbare midfield at times they they have got the makings there to to accommodate him and be effective The, the trouble is that they have been warming up and practising in a four, two, three, one. And obviously they can't just play in that formation all season. So there's gonna to have to come a time where I mean, whether whether it's just they have a formation set for certain big games or whether they do make that transition to a four, three, three, it's you know, he, he has got options there, but it's it's encouraging to see that Fred, who has not played a lot of football, does actually look pretty sharp and as I said, I think Astana and the Rochdale game, he's got to use those as as warm ups for potentially starting against Arsenal, maybe Altmar and then it's
0: Newcastle, then it's Liverpool. Just as, as an aside, it would have been interesting if United had signed Sean Longstaff as they'd wanted to do, because Fred seems to me uh, a more quality option on the ball, a much better passer um, than Longstaff from, from what I've seen from Longstaff. And Longstaff seems quite a similar player to McTominay. So I don't quite know what the thinking was there um, from the transfer team.
1: It's on the list, wasn't
0: he, Longstaff?
2: He's he, one he, man on a list. He, he
1: definitely he, wasn't he, There were the a few target.
0: ahead of him.
2: Yeah. Which but, is not a surprise.
1: Yeah, and I think we saw a few of them on Saturday playing in the blue of Leicester, probably. What did you make of the performance of James Madison in particular? We know United are monitoring him ahead of next year, but I saw a couple of fans, there were only a few, saying, well, if he can't cut it against the midfield <laughs> like, the, like they've got, then is he really good enough? Yeah, but, uh, what what, you, what have game. you made of him so far? And, and do you think he is that, that missing piece, really, in that United
2: midfield? I think he could be. I mean, he could have a terrible eight months now and you'd conclude that he isn't right for them um, I mean I'm only talking personally here but I was talking to Tom on the desk about it like someone like Van der Beek uh, or Van der Beek however you pronounce him uh, Ajax you'd think that Ajax going to have to sell him next year and he does strike me as another player who could quite seamlessly slot into that United team given that he is a playmaker given that he, he looks quality as well we saw that in Champions League Last season, but with Madison, he's he's a player who's obviously on United's radar, and he's got that Premier League now already. Come next summer, he'll have been playing in the Premier League for two years. I thought he did okay at the weekend. I mean, he had a very good chance to score, he and had the
1: free kick as well, didn't he? Yeah, I, I mean,
2: he he react, his reaction suggested it it was pretty close, but the replay showed it wasn't yeah. really that close. I know De Gea didn't move, but I think it was that far away. That I think De Gea probably knew that he didn't need to move there. Um, I need to obviously look into Scout and check how, how much he was on the ball and how much he passed but he didn't really stand out at all Rogers gave a very very good summary of him afterwards to to the dailies I mean he was predictably asked about that given the the United interest there and he said that he's like Coutinho and I can see where he's coming from there I do think though that Rogers slightly slightly inhibited Madison by again I've said it before but but playing Chowdhury and Didi I think if he'd played Barnes or Brighton or Perez, maybe Madsen would have been able to express himself more, but they were clearly a bit worried about leaving Ndidi um, exposed to the to the counter-attack and the irony is United didn't really do them on the counter-attack at all. Yeah, I guess
1: it could have been a different result at the weekend, Dom, if De Gea hadn't made that save early on. They also produced a good save to stop the Chilwell uh, mm. effort from distance, but I guess the, the elephant in the room is De Gea has signed He's a new contract at United. Yeah, and now it's it just 10 summer. minutes after you left the office. Uh, two, two, minutes. Two, two minutes. Two minutes. Free for us to, I left at three left on the dot yesterday. But uh, <sighs> you know, We reported in the summer that he, he'd agreed this deal. It was just waiting for him to be signed. It's finally gone through. How big a boost is it? Because I know we said that he maybe isn't as irreplaceable as he used to be, but it's still a position that you'd have to spend a huge fee to get some of his quality in. And at the weekend, you showed exactly why he's so priceless to
0: United anyway. Yeah, well, I think it could hopefully um, ignite a, a better spurt of form in De Gea and that maybe he can return to, to the De Gea of old um, and the contract uncertainty surrounding him it, it definitely played, it surely played a part in his, in his form and his form towards the back end of last season was really poor you can't argue anything otherwise and I would have actually taken him out for the last couple of games of the season which were dead robbers anyway just to just to give him a break just to say you know go off on holiday and, and get you get your mind together whatever needed to happen he was he was very good against Leicester he's made some good saves already this season I think now that the new contract having been sorted De Gea said on Instagram there's no place like home loads of United players past and present have expressed their joy that he signed I think we could really see a solid De Gea now and a leader in the United dressing room as well Nobody's ever lied on Instagram before. Nobody's there, ever I? told any lies on social yeah. media before. Man no.
2: says this place home having tried to make go back home have to, to Madrid four years ago. Here.
0: But at yeah. least, maybe he did want to go, but at least he's signed a contract now, which means he is very likely to stay and he's going to have to consider it home. So I think it's it's good for the oh, st- yeah, stability. It's just, it's just the guff that football clubs come out with.
2: He never went to leave. For. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and rumours are rumours. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The, the bottom line is that he's here to stay now yeah. and, and that United you know, have to build around the hair rather than having to worry about, you know, Jan O'Black or Dean Henderson or anything like that. That's at least one position that should be sorted.
1: Yeah, that's the final question of the first sort of chunk. Uh, Samuel, what what does the future hold for Romero and Dean Henderson in particular at United, do you think, now? Because Dean Henderson has been cited. He's a future England number one, probably. He'll be probably in the next squad, Gareth Southgate announces. But uh, his pathway to the United First Team looks a bit muddy now as well. I think the United have got to have a
2: buyback clause when they do sell him because he is going to, I mean, unless De Gea's form goes to pot and they decide to, right, we need to give give Henderson a go. You just don't really see any alternative unless he's on a, a three-year loan at Sheffield United or something ridiculous like that. So I think the way they handled, I mean, United get a lot of state of how they handle contracts and justifiably so. The way they've handled Henderson has been quite prudent in the... They got him... Obviously, he signed a contract last year, which was critical. They, they've got him on improved terms. He deserves that. It's a reflection of his value. And it's on a long enough contract that gives them ample time to decide what they're going to do with him. Whilst in the foreground, they're always working on keeping De Gea. And of course, Henderson... I mean, I think he's probably a £20 million goalkeeper, as it stands anyway, given... Age, nationality, playing the Premier League regularly he's probably going to get as you said in the England squad later on this season I suppose that what's quite nice for United is that there's not a big club that would necessarily be that he's really suitable for, I know there's been a bit of talk about Bayern Munich and Juventus I suspect that's Callum hudson modoy is is a young English player by Munich. Like let's let's link Dean with them as well. Um, it, it would be you know if Juventus or someone like that. I mean, I'm talking about like the biggest clubs in Europe who probably need a, a goalkeeper or could do the, a new goalkeeper. Would take the plunge on Henderson. That that would be a surprise. But there's not an obvious top six club. I mean, the only one I could think of maybe is Tottenham. But yeah, Larisco. It's maybe. it's a massive left field shout. And would United really deal with Tottenham for one of their players? Probably not. So you are looking at Leicester, maybe. I mean, you know, Cat Casper still a pretty he's still not that old, I don't think. He's got to be what 33 or something yeah, like got that. Danny Waters back up and Yeah, and he's he's a um he's he's one of the big power players at, at Leicester as well. He's he's been in the club for a long time, so it wouldn't surprise me if he is on loan again next year, particularly if Sheffield United stay up. If Sheffield United don't stay up, I think Henderson, we've seen it already, how how headstrong he is, that he'll be like, right, I want a Premier League club. I don't yeah. want to go Palace to or Newcastle or something. I think Norwich was certainly interested in buying him in the summer as well. So again, you're looking at clubs lower down the food chain in the Premier League which um, might bruise his his ego a bit. But when you look at how much Southampton paid for Angus Gunn last year, Henderson was playing ahead of him for the under-21s. I think Gunn went for, was it £13 million or something like that? Maybe a bit more. So United have got... United will get a lot of money for him and they are going to have to sell him, it looks like, uh, because he he has no interest in being a number two there. So it's just that they've got to have the, the buyback option and I think they will they they would insert that I'd be very surprised if they didn't uh with Romero he's he's pretty happy at United I can see him pretty much seeing out his contract there I can see him being number two again next season I think his contract runs until 2021 so unless he's got a massive hankering to leave
0: we're gonna see him in the Europa League
2: as well aren't we most likely yeah yeah he's gonna get a chance I think they're more inclined to play him in Europa League games and, and than in Champions League group games so it's as Solskjaer said on Friday, the goalkeeping department's in, in pretty good shape there.
1: Well, nicely, you brought us onto to the Europa League and United Kickstart that this weekend. And thankfully, our teaser question is about the Europa League as well. It's I think it's three years and three or four days since United Kickstarted that uh, campaign, which eventually saw them win the trophy under Jose Marino. They began that campaign with a 1-0 defeat away against Feyenoord. I want you to tell me after the break is how many of the current squad <laughs> again <laughs> have left the club how many of the squad from that day have left the club since right. okay. and I want you to name them all as well we'll be back after the break hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast and the Manchester Evening News just before the break in celebration of the return to the Europa <laughs> League uh, I asked Samuel and Dom to uh I guess, the, I guess the question kind of is going to be to, to name the squad uh which and lost to who, three who have three years ago. But who are the players? There's Well, how many players do you think? From the 18-man squad, how many players do you think have left the club in the three years since?
0: Uh, My instinct, uh, I was going to say seven. One of you is correct. <laughs> Again, one of you is not. It's Samuel anyway. Seven. Is seven correct? It's eight. Oh, eight. Is eight, right.
1: Never doubt yourself, Samuel. <laughs> uh, I guess that means it's one, one each, isn't it? Who, who do you want to start off with? Um, Who's in the squad? That I'll, I'll go with Ander Herrera. Correct. He started in central midfield. Ibrahimovic. Correct. He was on the bench. Daily Blind. Wrong already. so, so in early on. He was not in the squad. Not in the squad. That would have been
2: because he made the mistake against City a few uh, the week before. Um, Depay. Memphis. Depay was on the bench as well. That's three
0: out of the eight. Um. We t- counting people out on loan. That's one. Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. That was
1: a half mark. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, you can have that. So halfway uh, there. Schneidlin. Morgan Schneiderlin started the midfield alongside Anto Herrera. What a oh. surprise! They lost that game. Rooney. No, he did not. You've got
0: two wrong, Dom. I'm, I'm way off. Here. I can't even remember this game to be honest with you. It was legs. so it was so forgettable. Carrick. Carrick was on the bench. Damian. Correct.
2: One more. One more. Christ.
0: Who's left United? Really who's left is, United? Really, is interesting content. This. I'm sure the listener. We got a jingle to play, Ash, during the time when we're listening. we're thinking. I give up on that one. Um, I'll go with uh, Cameron borthwood Jackson. No, oh. it
1: was my friend and yours, Mario Fellaini. <laughs>
0: I would love to have seen the Europa League this season because
1: what a return that would have been, but yeah.
0: But United are lacking on a serious point. United are kind of lacking Those that wealth of, of backup players who who would provide a good option in the Europa League these days. The squad is, is that a bit thinner. Yeah, than it's like youngsters that. or nothing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to ask because obviously it is a starner at home on Thursday night. It has to be a win really, doesn't it? I mean, it wouldn't be a disaster if they didn't win in terms of the actual way the group stage goes, but you're be a really... Uh, step backwards after beating yeah. Leicester at home. But as Dom said there, Samuel, it might be a temptation for fans to say, Gomez, Garner, Chong, Greenwood, but you've got Mata, you've got Matic, the Brofied, Brofied, yeah. Bill Jones. these yeah. players have to play as well. They have to get minutes, uh, First of all, what, what, what do you view? When, when,
2: when the thought of me out of as a
1: starter at home comes to mind, what, what are your thoughts on Europa
2: uh, my, my thoughts are of the, 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 the very uh, game school children who uh, chant the countdown to half-time uh, or wow. to full-time. In fairness yes. to them, they make more noise than, than most supporters because I think the fans who do go are obviously very, very uh, disenchanted by having to play in the Europa League. Um but, I'd I'd be surprised if Greenwood didn't didn't start. I think that you know a couple of the the teenage quartet will will at least um, be selected in, in in the first eleven and probably all of them in the squad. I don't see any harm in that whatsoever. Uh, I actually I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to you know, seeing how these fringe players do in the Europa League game and the League Cup game because I think as as we touched upon earlier, players who aren't playing there seems to be interest in, in how they're doing among supporters so it's an opportunity to see them um, it is underwhelming I can't emphasise that enough having been to Zoria Luhansk home game uh, three years ago uh, I think the North stand the, the, the third tier is almost always closed for it as well um, I can't imagine Astana will be bringing too many supporters as well go back to that Zoria game the when the Zoria coach came in for the press conference afterwards he sat down the press officer said any questions nobody had any questions he got straight back up and, and, and oh, left <laughs> <laughs> I did I did feel for him a bit I thought at least someone could have you know Give asked it, uh, uh, how, how did how did you think the game went kind of question but it, it, yeah as to quote Harry Kane it is what it is
0: <laughs> I think you what you can say is that it will be a good opportunity for fans to, like Samuel says, actually see if these players are in any sort of shape to, to play in the Premier League games. And particularly Greenwood, who Solskjaer's held back from action so far this season. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see how he gets on. It's it's a you know, it's a European competition is a chance for him to start games this for us to see if he's capable of scoring goals for united you know he's only really started the cardiff game at the end of last season before before now and he had about five or six chances to score five or six shots yeah, and he yeah. he's he very, very involved he's very sharp but then but didn't score so he he, he just needs to get that element of, of confidence yeah just build up the confidence you know that he can find the net for a united first team and that's all sharp from Solskjaer's point of view that he can be you know a really viable option in the front three so I'm interested to see how he gets on also Axel Twanzaby as well I think's going to start he's been pushing a case to to maybe push Maguire and Lindelof so he's going to be one to watch out for as well yeah I was looking at Twan Zabia with the international
1: break he's had one minute of experience playing in the Premier League as a centre-back during his time at the club so even though he's had the maybe the hype and the uh, the fans do like him he's still not pruning himself really as a centre-back at the top level maybe a star is not the team to do it but
2: so it four, do think, I think it was four years ago he played against Arsenal next, right? four years ago next month he was actually in a Premier League squad for the first time that was at Palace was it yeah, yeah. I think yeah I mean he's been inv- he's I mean he's been around the setup for a long long time but Injuries, loans, whatever, not playing—he's—he's he's just not had the minutes.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, has praised that Soltwanzebe being said he can be the third choice, really, and he's shown that with his uh, sort of squad selections this season. But on the youngsters, you think there is pressure starting to build on them in the way I know Because usually, say playing in a dead rub Europa League tie, just go and do what you can do. But this is their their chance because they've they've been, they've, they've had cameos in the league, and they've not, none of them have been able to really spark him into life. It seems like some people expect them all to have sort of Makeda moments where they come on score and then that's it hopefully it doesn't end up like Makeda playing in Josh Se- Harrop moment Sary C or whatever but uh,
2: do you think there is a pressure on them to actually deliver now and, and prove they are good enough I don't I wouldn't go as far as saying there's pressure there's a certain pressure on them because they're United you know, Academy graduates but they're not first teamers they're not uh, it's not like Rashford when he came into the team and he made sure he stayed there uh, three and a half years ago Greenwood could do that. And I think because of the way the attack is, when he does start to get more minutes, if he's not scoring, people will start to ask questions of him. But I, th- I think that they're they're prepared for that. They have to be prepared for that. I mean, that's that's what you're built up for. It's to, to take that opportunity when you, you're called up into the first team. Um, they're, they're all going to get minutes. I don't think that, uh, certainly Europa League games, it's, it's a nice... It's a nice platform to try and show what you're you're capable of because you, you should be able to win those games with with your eyes shut. As, as complacent as it sounds, I know obviously there's an element of having to actually, you know, just just beat the opposition. But things things do need to happen quite naturally in those games. You'd imagine that Solskjaer would have settled on what that team would be a, a fair few days in advance as well, and, and given whichever teenagers will start. Um, probably noticed that they were going to start in those games as well
1: Dom I don't watch much of the Kazakh Premier League these days but uh, what can we expect from Astana? you've spoken to a Kazakhstan (laughs)
0: football expert I did speak to um, a guy called Alexander who's a a sport editor of uh, sports.kz which is the premier uh, Kazakhstani uh, sports website (laughs) blogging arrival on the MEA (laughs) I know outrageous so you can check that out for all your Astana news Um, he just said that it's it's basically a a very nice occasion for them they've only been formed 10 years Uh, first name Locomotive Astana I think and uh, changed their name they've actually been in the Champions League group stage a few years ago Atletico Madrid I think they might have done Um, they beat Celtic uh, in their own patch that
1: used to be an achievement didn't it yeah
0: (laughs) back in the day Um, but I think you know like a lot of these teams in in the Europa League especially to play a name like Manchester United and as arrogant as that sounds as, as followers of United it is a really big thing for these clubs and it, however many fans do come from Astana I don't think it will be many they're going to be really up for it and they're going to make as loud a noise as they can the players are probably going to fly in uh, You know, there's every chance that they can nick an early goal or something like that at Old Trafford and make life a bit difficult for the youngsters so we shouldn't underestimate them having said all that United as long as Solskjaer, I think, mixes the team with a little bit of youth as well as, a bit of experience as well as the youth, sorry, United should uh, comfortably win.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned uh, a little hint that the experienced players and which ones do you expect to play? I guess the thing is now you've got to look at people like Andres Pereira experienced players in the squad, Mata, Matic, Young, Rojo, Jones,
2: Romero. Are they the sub players you expect Just, to just, to just be? named all of them for. Just name the, the team. team. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That, That's the reality, I guess, isn't it? Because this time last year it'd be Antonio Valencia and Fellaini lighting up really wouldn't it in these sort of games
2: yeah yeah it probably would have been uh, much missed Fellaini they, they could still do with someone like Fellaini not not so much Antonio Valencia uh, but yeah you've, you've named all of them there pretty much
1: I guess that sort of sums up how underwhelming the game is to, to build up and it's a difficult one like we said even if United do lose I I
2: think I mean just to give an indication of how underwhelming it is the the Europa League pre-match press conferences are being held at Carrington whereas obviously last season Champions League press conferences held at Old Trafford because the demand isn't isn't there and it's the Europa League you don't want to be in the Europa League I mean Solskjaer really should just come out and say that. I know he, he, he likes to play times, the diplomat.
1: He, he does actually want to win it. Delo said yeah. in the week that we, United you know, have to be in the Champions League. They they so they,
2: they, they, abso- they, they absolutely should win. go to win. They they should go for it. I mean, three years ago, I, I thought that they'd assembled a squad, a, a strong enough squad that they should just toss it off and concentrate on the league. Unfortunately, they kept on drawing home games, and then it came up to late November, early December, and, and I think United was sick. And you thought, well. they they actually do need to try and win this because they're probably not going to get in the top four. This, This season, there's absolutely no guarantee they're going to finish in the top four. So they do need to go for it. Um and
0: <laughs> it was very very much celebrated and you know seen as a, a huge achievement when United did win it under Mourinho.
2: I think that was that was partly because of the emotion following the arena attack and also from the football side of it, they'd never won the UEFA Cup before and that, that completed the set. So by virtue of them not having won it before, the significance of it grew. In and also dimension. it was it was a final against um, as, as Mourinho said, another giant club in Ajax. So it did have, when, when the occasion came to it, I think when it comes to the knockout stage, certainly the quarterfinals, the semifinals, you you enjoy the competition, but it's just the fact that it's, it's too bloated. It's too big it seems a seems like a slog, doesn't it, the, the group yeah. stage? And they and the fact that not only do you, if you win the Europa League, you go into the Champions League now, but you actually go in as one of the first seeds. So it's like they keep on having to add an extra incentive onto it to yeah. give you the incentive to actually go and win it.
0: Dom, your predictions for Thursday night? I think United will win. I think uh, they might... I, I, I'm going to go for that prediction that they're going to concede an early goal to Astana, but I think United will win 3-1. 3-0. Just like to that. United, obviously. <laughs>
1: We're going to have to add that caveat. Uh, will be back <laughs> next week? Well, of course, going against West Ham as well this week. Don't think, I'm not sure if we'll be back or not on Friday
2: I think it's going to be such a a quiet Friday given that there won't be a press conference that we probably will have time to do another one of these (sighs) There you go then. There you go. A An game. added bonus for our listeners. Friday
1: we will bring you all the reaction from United nil, Astana nil at Old Trafford, as well as build up to West Ham three, United one at the London Stadium. Rich, your negativity seeping, someone's seeping gotta, through. Someone's got to take sharp through the studio. Oh, well, we'll be back. Thank you very much for joining us, Dom. Thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you. Sammy. Thank you. And thank you very much, all to you, the listener. sticking with us this long as well Uh, we will be back later in the week as we said to preview the game against West Ham United Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Manchester's Red podcast please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already